A poem is a small machine made of words. William Carlos Williams. Welcome to the Small Machine Talks, exploring the poetry scene of Central Canada and beyond with Amanda Earl and A.M. Kozak. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 21, apparently, of the Small Machine Talks. And I am A.M. Kozak. I'm Amanda Earl. We got a guest today. Who's the guest? Well, uh, I'll tell you a little bit about our guest. Maybe you can guess who it is. He's a community organizer, performance artist, and poet living in Toronto. There he's an active creator, director, and collaborator with Facilitate, a monthly evening hosting artistic expression from Emerging Voices. What does that sound like to you, Amanda? That was that was sound like a mic drop to me. <laughs> <laughs> Bang! Okay. I, I believe that uh, the person sitting to my left is Joseph Yanni, or Joe. Yeah, yes? it all works. It's it all works. Whatever Joe? name. You can call me whatever you want, as long as I know who you're referring to. All right. And well, <laughs> so welcome to the Small Machine Talks. Thanks no, for coming. I'm happy to be here. It's yeah. good. Great. How are you feeling this uh, this afternoon? It's good. Yeah. We had a good breakfast. Me and Aaron. Where did you go? Where is it? What's Br- it called? Bramasol. Yeah. Oh, Bramasol. Oh, yes. That's the that's the classic place to go. They have the uh, good yeah. pancakes and giant uh, portions. Yeah, and... those pancakes were really good. I yeah. ate the whole pancake, and Aaron and I was like, "Oh, Aaron, the pancakes are good." He's like, "I think that's French toast." He's like, "No, no, I already ate the pancake." <laughs> it was so funny because he looks over he's like you don't have pancakes well, at like, the time he said it he was eating french toast i want to be clear. <laughs> right right pancake let's be, french let's toast be clear aaron's not stupid he just <laughs> and a french pancake is a crepe so there you go i think that's a pretty good transition into question one amanda all right there we go uh we won't be talking about multiple and varied pancakes but rather your multiple and varied roles in the poetry community as an organizer performer and poet so how do you balance these roles and do you identify with one over the others um so i was i I, thanks for sending the questions beforehand yeah like i don't really uh but i wanted to like not really read them to a degree so i can give Mm -hmm. you like honest kind of in the moment answers you still give me an honest answer or you can lie I can, I can in this try. moment. Or, I could, or, or maybe could... I've just proceeded into this like completely this space where I can lie now. Um, but yeah, I wanted to try to give you like honest upfront in, in the moment. Yeah. Um, but this one I ended up talking about with like a friend of mine uh, the day before. Just a regular dude. His name is uh, Giuliano and he's a good friend of mine uh, from Toronto. And uh, I was saying like, I don't balance any of this stuff. It's not balanced. <laughs> like it's... Uh, I was saying to him, it's like, I don't really suggest this for anyone necessarily. Not like, recommended. It's like not recommended <laughs> that you maybe do all the stuff I do. I do work as much as I possibly can because I need to have like a, an income. Actual to money. Like do stuff. I'm lucky to live at home with my parents who deal with my bullshit. And uh, it's, uh, I don't know, it's, a, it's not very balanced, um, but uh, I love what I do. And when the good moments come there, they feel worthy. The hard work kind of slips away under that feeling do you find uh, you identify with any more of those aspects of your your life than others is the one that seems more true or real or embodied or whatever no they all kind of feel they're all they're all me like I, joe is in all of those mm-hmm. places whatever joe is is in all of those it fulfills all of those roles in some way whether they fulfill them to like the optimum or the this grand moment or like whatever it doesn't all i know is joe is there and he's trying to do something and Mm. like i'm there and i'm trying to do something Uh, and hopefully i do it well and hopefully it resonates with people and if it doesn't those are opportunities for me to learn that so like do i think of myself more as a organizer a performer and a poet i don't think I think the thing is, I don't think I could be any of those things without being any of those things. Yeah, don't you find too? Like I don't, I don't know. Like I do um, similar things, and uh, for me, I find that one feeds off the other. Like for instance, if if I'm publishing people's work, I'm reading their work and editing their work, it it helps my own creativity. And Mm -hmm. if I'm organizing something, you know, I I get to listen to people read and play music, and that that will inspire my work. So it's all one big circle, really. Right. Like, how are you a good organizer? If you're not kind of out there seeing how other yeah, people organize, exactly. which is just living your life, yeah. right? You're not thinking about yourself as an organizer at that moment, right? And then when you see you're out seeing how people organize, often we're out at artistic events, right? Yeah. So at some point, does the poet come in and say, hmm, that's an interesting line, that's an interesting sound, that's an interesting uh, thing I'm seeing. Yeah. And now that, but I started off just doing what I think my living is, right? Just being me. 
Uh, and I know it sounds like super cliche. It's just I'm there. They all reinforce, like you're saying, they all reinforce one another and they're all kind of simultaneously reinforcing one another. Yeah. Right? Um, so, like, I, I've said to people before, like, I don't think I'd be comfortable being a poet if I wasn't giving back. Right. Uh, which is yeah. why I run the event I run. It's about, it really is. Like, we started, yeah. when I started with a few friends about how, why did we want to do the event, it was about giving back to communities that we felt we had, you know, none of us are super famous or well-known yeah. or whatever, but we wanted to, we felt like we'd taken a lot from our communities and, like, we wanted to give back, right? And that's all we wanted to do so like it, i couldn't be an artist without the community that surrounds me and without organizing community and being in the community being a performer and being a person right mm -hmm. excellent i think this uh you're talking about the community yeah. that you're that you're part of and how would you describe that community or that crowd that facilitate the series that you coordinated in Toronto? how would you how would you describe it so for the last we've been running facilitate for now for like two years it's been a little bit over two years we quietly celebrated like our birthday in uh july mm -hmm. and uh what we've been doing for the last couple of months is that we've had other people come in people who have either been audience members or past performers or just somebody who is somebody who's been to the event we've had them mm -hmm. curate curate the event mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so basically i picked a few people who have been to our event who have really liked it who have enjoyed it and then said, hey, you run the show. That's a great idea. I well, like that. We realized yeah. that, like, listen, whenever you run an event, there's a lot of conversations about inclusivity and what does it mean yeah. to bring groups in and what does it mean to keep groups out. And, like, I don't think you can really construct a we without constructing a they. Mm -hmm. So the only way to kind of keep that if inclusion, inclusion is a kind of process and to keep people coming out and in like that's the that would be if we can keep the door kind of swinging that would be great so what ends up happening especially over the last eight months is we might see people one month come for that one event even share with us on the open mic at that one event and then you don't see them again right yeah but what's really interesting is that there's some people who come and we do see them again and they're not there with the friends they came with the first time oh yeah that's always nice so yeah. it's weird like i didn't think that was gonna happen and like at the beginning it was it was just a lot of people i knew from the community friends people i thought might be interested people from mm -hmm. school i went to the university of toronto so people from there uh, my girlfriend at the my like ex at the time like her friends would come and like i don't think they enjoyed any of it <laughs> or maybe they did like people are really nice so they like tell you they enjoy yeah it. yeah what they say true. in the aftermath is a different story but i think the crowd the crowd changes i was uh uh it's definitely people who are interested in like seeing something artful yeah. like and that's kind of like i don't know it's kind of it's kind of anyone i don't want to say like we're super open we like we everyone comes to our event not but like i think jc once said to me it's like you know you're one of the only events in toronto where i see people who aren't poets aren't trying to get published yeah that's that good they come to the event hmm. um but i think we definitely aren't on the level of like a slam like i've seen some of these like slam events yeah. in toronto and i'm like holy like my lord like there's everyone i'm very hot like <laughs> geez people are really rambunctious here like but yeah no i think it's good i like that it revolves and like we don't expect to keep anyone around if they don't want to be around you mentioned uh slams but how does it compare to the rest of the poetry scene otherwise in toronto your event well like i did over the the year that I was kind of interrogating the scene before mm. before running the event and like like I wasn't thinking about running the event it kind of came to me one day afterwards but I was going to a lot of events seeing what poetry was like in Toronto because I didn't really know mm -hmm. like I didn't even know there was a poetry scene at U of T or a poetry kind of ethos at U of T because I wasn't touched in like I wasn't mm -hmm. for whatever reason right um so like how does it compare to different events in toronto like i don't know we don't our kind of motto is you know we say yes like it's a it's something i learned <laughs> in like improv classes like you say this is a poem i'm gonna say sure mm -hmm. um you know and we've over time we've realized that like obviously we need some rules and boundaries and whatever but those are self-forming in a way um the rules are kind of respect and accountability and like yeah, what that means to the crowd and people is different things and hopefully we can come to terms to similar terms or workable terms yeah I, I don't know i think we're one of the few places that like has a real open mic 
Um, I think a lot of places have like a very small open mic or they don't have an open mic at all. They're about celebrating like people who are getting published these days. And that's cool. Like every, there should be different crowds. Like there's, uh, you know, some great work getting done with slam stuff with, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, gender inclusive, uh, gender diverse spaces and, uh, you know, gender specific spaces. Um, like, I think that's all good to happen. There's, there's room, there's definitely room in the spaces as big as strong for people to have different, um, different spots for different things. I'm going to ask Aaron because I think it's a, it's an interesting question because I've only been um, to very formal readings in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Like I've been to launches mm-hmm. uh, specifically, say, for Book Thug mm-hmm. or for like we j- I, I did a, um, a launch um, Cantheus when it was in Toronto. Mm-hmm. They did a launch there and, and mm-hmm. a, a few other things like that. So I haven't been to anything. You've been to a, a, a number of uh, different, like I think maybe, have you been to Words on on stage? No, no but I, I thought, I, for some reason, maybe, maybe, maybe I think he knows more than he does. I don't you know. You probably but, do, yeah. But I, I think <laughs> you've been to a few different things in Toronto. I've been that, to some varied events yeah. in Toronto and, and how Montreal does, and Yeah, places, but how does yeah. facilitate compare I've to... I've never been to facilitate. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. I've seen I'm pictures. Just, for some reason, I, I just assume that Aaron has done everything you know i've but been to it in a way not. through uh through my my social media participation the stories i hear from joe the stories i hear from other people so i'm there in that sense but i've yeah. not physically my body has not been there to witness it well no. there you go there's a small machine talks goal for who knows what year or, or what oh, month yeah, is to come to facilitate facilitate totally yeah come. it's always it's always I'd love good to it's a very there. i find that we do our best to like cultivate a friendly a friendly space sometimes maybe we're not the best at that and like it's do. hard it's well, hard it's hard you can't you yeah. can't you're like you can't that's why we like like i said before like why we asked people in our audience to become our curators was to be yeah. like i'm not truly like i can be really like self-absorbed and think that i all oh, right i see these perspectives but like no. quite frankly like i have a body and i'm uh, stuck in it and that's not a bad thing uh, like there's other bodies out there that can help me see that's it. Like I find myself, uh, because I've been around the Ottawa scene for a long time now, really, like comparatively speaking, but uh, I, people tend to know who I am, but uh, new people don't know anyone. So I will often just go up to complete strangers and introduce myself and say hi. And it feels a little bit overwhelming sometimes, I think, mm-hmm. though, like they have people like coming up to them sort of like, but otherwise the alternative is they sit there and they, they, they feel like no one is you know paying any attention to them they don't feel welcome you know, i want people to feel welcome yeah so, and i think like without it's, uh, being you without remember, scary like, the first time i read here you came up to me you were quite kind but i respond well to that kind of stuff when someone comes yeah. up and is trying to be like kind and courteous and like welcoming and like stuff like that you were that's uh, good I'm, I'm relieved to hear that <laughs> yeah but i do understand yeah. like the fear especially as someone who runs an event like yeah. of welcoming somebody you don't want to yeah you don't want to make them feel like I don't know. It's, it's a religious can, cult. Right, right. We're trying to convert you to the poetry. Mm. Thank you for being here. That's yeah. right. Please come back. Please come back. Please. We're desperate. God, that'd be so we're desperate. We're desperate. <laughs> you don't want to seem too needy to That's your audience. A, I can just see a skit like where, where like, there's a organizer of a reading series and they're following strangers around town. Right. Just like stand. Remember you you came to our reading one time? Oh like, my God. It's so come, ridiculous. Can you come? And no, never mind. Okay, that, oh enough of that. There's a balance though, because you yeah. do, like you said, like I try to when people come to an event that I that I have organized and I see them leaving, I'll say thanks for coming. Yeah, no, that's. I'm it. not sure if that is. I'm not sure if that's good or too much or what. But uh, and sometimes, mm-hmm. like if people are sitting down and not talking to someone, I'll sit with them and say hello. And sometimes I think it works out, and sometimes it might be like this is weird. Why is this? I know, talking? I know. I don't it, know. It, it depends it, on the person, and it's hard to really judge in that moment sometimes. That's it. But like I find, like one thing that happened to me in Toronto every time I've read in Toronto. Um, everybody's, and this is only my experience at these events, is that everyone sits with their own groups, Mm -hmm. and then afterwards, everybody goes with their own groups. And the only exception I've had in that was the Cantheus reading where we went to a party at someone's place right afterwards. And oh, that's cool. So that was nice. But but I, I try to avoid that kind of thing here. I try to like let people know if they want to hang out, they can hang out. If they And if they don't, they don't have to. But mm-hmm. I want people not to feel like, well, I'll never be included in that right. you know, group yeah. before. You know, because so, I felt very sad when I when I go to these things and, so, you know, oh, we're, well, we're going off now to have dinner. Bye. You know, it's like, oh, OK, I just came down for the weekend here. But you go ahead, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's just kind of a drag because i think part of a even part of a reading is the socializing and i want mm-hmm. that part too like i, I sometimes i don't sometimes i i quietly right, sit in the corner right. and I, I try to pretend i don't exist but uh 
you know, so I want to be invited. I want to be included. So I want other people to feel included somehow. And that's hard when you, when you have your own friends, sometimes it's hard. And in the literary scene, sometimes it's kind of cliquey. So. Well, that's it. It's not the literary scene. It's scenes. It's scenes, right? I love when we talk about like like, the literary scene, like it's like some like complete monolithic thing. Yeah. No, that it's like so divorced from the regular world. Yeah. Uh, It's like, no, you know, you you might meet someone in a literary scene who you fall in love with and have a horrible relationship or have yeah. a great relationship with and marry them and like For have sure. kids with them and your kids end up in the literary scene too. Like that's part <laughs> of your, your like, it's just your life. Like the literary scene isn't, devo- uh, you know, we talk a lot about how there's problems in literature and it's, yeah. those problems are just problems in the world. That are represented in the, uh, through literature, the yeah. And like if, you know, yeah. you're going to have to deal with, you know, people. I do. I do agree with like your diagnosis, if yeah. you call it that, of <laughs> no. like of like the the cliqueiness sometimes. Yeah. But I also remember that like sometimes people come in groups because they feel more comfortable coming well, that's in groups it. and they leave with groups because it's scary otherwise. It be, yeah, right. People have anxieties. People have fears, and I try not yeah. to. I That's try right. not to judge them, and then there's opportunities. I'm sure with their own friends and their own spaces to talk about those anxieties yeah. and fears. Um, but I do, yeah. You try. You just try. You just try. And I think you shouldn't get a gold star for trying all the time. No, like, you shouldn't not try. That's it. And I find like here because a lot of us have been involved for a long time. Like I just don't. I just want to avoid like like I know I know what happens to me is a lot of people will just will just talk together, and then if you're not there like we've seen each other so much that it does mm. feel a little cliquey to me and i try not to mm-hmm. i try to welcome other people just so they don't feel like they can't approach like at least yeah. they can't approach and that's yeah. something that i i feel because like some some of us have been involved like i've only been involved i've been involved since like 2000 well i'd say 2000s when i started taking poetry workshops here at ottawa u but there are people that are you know that have been sort of coming to like a tree reading series since like for 25 years you know so there's there's that sort of thing that we have here so Mm -hmm. yeah so we i think but at the same time i've always been made very welcome at readings and you know so there's that and as long as there's a free drink i'm usually pretty happy (laughs) so what what yeah so is that have we done done, not talking about facilitate i think we can keep well i'll try to remember i should put up a link to if there's a link to the the site or 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 what what, facebook page or a facebook page yeah anyone's listening to this in toronto we have an event on like august 21st is that trevor uh yeah trev trevor uh trevor abbas is uh the one uh who's going to be running the next one. I love Trev. Trev's a good guy. We've had great conversations. And right. I thought it was an interesting kind of, uh, he was an interesting perspective to have kind of take on that space. I'm really interested to see who comes and how it uh, how it works out. Yeah, I don't know him very well, but I've seen him perform a couple Isn't, times. Is he he's in, in, he's in, he's in 30 Under 30? I think I remember reading a poem. Yeah, he's in 30 him. Under 30. Um, he's, a, he's a good performer. Mm-hmm. Great. That's great. Well, yeah. I look forward to hearing more about that. And I'll I'll do my best to remember to put up links. Sometimes I say I'm going to put up a link and then I don't remember yeah, it all afterwards. What are you going to do? Well, no one's still taking me to task so far, so I feel okay with it. People <laughs> yeah. are very kind to me. So I guess the next question is about: um, Do you have goals as a as a creative artist? And if so, what are they? <laughs> <laughs> if not, then you know we can move on. <laughs> I have no goals whatsoever in life. Or <laughs> in, in life, in what? Honestly, like I don't know. Like uh, yeah, you kind of set. Uh, I was having this in like a really cheap way with my uh, conversation about this with my dad, <laughs> where he was. This saying, is kind of a dad question. Yeah, it is. Eh? It is yeah. Aaron wrote this. I it didn't write. Very, oh, Aaron, this is such a dad question. <laughs> oh my god, it is. Oh, it's so cute. Um, <laughs> Getting around. <laughs> um, my dad like turned to me in the car. I thought it was like a moment for us. It was nice. Where he's like, Joe. Your idea of success frustrates me. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, I'm glad that you've joined the party, Dad. I've known that for a while. Um, and I was like, hey, <laughs> Are you man, listening, Dad? Are we? Yeah. I don't think my dad would listen to this. Yeah, or if he did, he'd probably just get, he'd, he might get angry about it. Or I don't know. He'd get angry, but then not, but then not show it at all. Um, Excellent. <laughs> but, but I think like that's, uh, you know, there's a bit of, there's a bit of my dad in me. Uh, in that you get frustrated with your own versions of succeeding at your yeah. goals. You set them and they don't work out. I know that I've started different uh, projects for future books and it's and there's a point where I'm like, no, this isn't working. Yeah. This isn't me. This isn't uh, whatever that means. It, it's not working. So like I try to set goals and if I don't complete them, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I do complete them, that is. So like for me, I have the, I facilitate, which is like a goal. 
that we want to keep doing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't, you know, we didn't, last year we had a big party for our first birthday. Mm -hmm. But for our second birthday, I was like, I remember Let's... telling Sandra, our photographer, I'm like, we haven't put any thought into this. I don't want to put any thought into it right mm -hmm. now. I don't want to do an event for the sake of doing mm -hmm. an event. Mm -hmm. um, you know, do it. If it takes forever, do it, do it the way that it'll feel good and right and, you know, efficient or whatever the word you want to use for yeah. you. Mm. Don't just do it because you feel you have to do it. Yeah, mm. and if the, you you will have lots of reasons to celebrate, uh, just like impromptu, you'll probably have. All, I mean, you, you celebrate yeah, like every time. Are you, cool things. Yeah, that's it. Or, like or my goals get to my next birthday. There you go. And like celebrate Take the next with breath. all my homies. That sounds that sounds like a reasonable goal to me. Even creatively, that's even a goal to to have. So yeah. So yeah. Right? Yeah. So you often do cover poems in your set. And uh, one of the favorite poems I have that you do that we've, we've talked about before is uh, uh, when you go through the alphabet. Uh, so why do you decide to cover poems in your set? And what is it about this one in particular that speaks to you? Um, so that poem is called like Alphabet and it's by Kai Kelo. I suggest anyone who listens to this podcast or who is interested in art or poetry, really check out Kai. Kai's amazing. Kai, if you're listening to this, I think you're great. I don't know what else to say about you other than that. Um, <laughs> there's lots of things I could say, probably. Whatever. I got to meet Kai recently, and he did the great and horrible thing of telling me he really liked my work. And I was <laughs> like, please don't tell me that. It will ruin me. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, uh, so, like, I love the poem. I think it's, if I want to call it a poem or a sound piece or whatever, like, it's it's it taught me the alphabet again. Hmm. Something I thought I knew and was using correctly. Like, was Correctly, using, right? How do you use the alphabet right, wrong? Right, I'm starting to wonder. Right, what right. am I doing wrong with the alphabet now? Oh no! No, but like that, <laughs> I was kind of entrenched in uh, the alphabet as visual symbols and the alphabet as uh, like composite parts right. of words, and then Kai showed me how the alphabet was reminded me the alphabet was Sound. a song. Yeah, and that the way we sing the song says something about it. How we sing the song says something about it. I don't know if this is the intention. I don't really. I don't care if it's the intention or not but the so what i do is like part of that part of that piece is so like uh warm for me and moving for me on the inside to do mm -hmm. that it really helps me just like relax when i'm doing a performance performances can be they are very hard on me mm -hmm. um on my physical body and like my mentality uh so it's uh it, it's a way of loosening me up by being by bringing uh, not Kai, bringing that 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 warm feeling of his work into the space, mm. like centering you. It doesn't necessarily center me, but it just makes me feel a little more comfortable, mm -hmm. right? And it helps me kind of warm up because it's a way yep. of kind of Warming it's kind up. of a vocal practice yeah. in a way. Mm -hmm. um, and there's also the importance of recognizing that like all my work is contextualized in the space of other people's work. Mm. Um, space is super important that way, and in a weird way, by performing a cover, you're bringing some other time in some other space into this one yeah. right um and i hope that like some of the talent i feel and some of the great interesting thoughts that kai and uh, you know kai's work seems to evoke in me if it comes out of me that maybe i can maybe i can do the same hmm. uh, and i also like it's a way of of bringing other people bringing other people into the space who you think do good work right uh who maybe aren't getting to share the stage right now maybe you wish they yeah. were here it's like right. you're acknowledging that you're a reference to yeah. Your reference to that work, to that person, that they're they're impacting you and they're impacting what you're bringing to the space that you're in right there. And then therefore, like you said, that person that you bring into that space is also impacting all the people who are hearing you do that piece. Right. Yeah. It's a connection. Mm -hmm. I liked it. I always, I, the part I, I did start to, I was saying uh, before we started the recording that I started to listen to uh the uh, episode of First Words with uh, J.C. Bouchard with your interview, and I only listened to about the first 15 minutes, but um, one of the things I liked is how you talked about the fourth space. Like, basically, it's a space that's created by the combination. I don't know if it's the third or the fourth space now, I'm wondering. No, but, I think uh, I made that mistake, too. It's like, it's, it's a third space or a fourth but, space. Well, I don't know. It, I think don't it could be, yeah, no, it's math. Math is hard, man. Never mind math. math. is abstract. Counting yeah. is impossible. But um, <laughs> where do you start? But uh, so the, there's, but basically, there's a space that you create together with the audience yeah. and with the work and with yourself so mm -hmm. and I thought that it should sort of helped me because I'm going through a little crisis with my own writing and I thought and and the audience and stuff so actually I just think that's a very helpful way of thinking about the the work as, as constructive too because you you're creating this space and the, the audience's involvement it's so that's funny because we use the same term for in counseling 
Mm-hmm. The third space between you and the person that you're you're talking to, your client or you want to call it. And what does it refer space. to? Like a, like a counseling space almost of yeah. like separate inside of the two, but it's, it's where a you're mutual coming together. Space. Exactly. Yeah. It's a mutual built space. Yeah. We are both coming together. That is kind of like uh, I don't know, it's not entirely separate, I guess, but it's like mm-hmm. a, a new space that you're sort of creating and that's that's where you're doing the work. Yeah. What we call it the work. So in this case would be that's where the performance is happening, the art is happening or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that. I th- I found that very um, inspiring, actually. Well, there's mm-hmm. a. It's actually interesting that you talk about it as like Aaron talks about it as a counseling space yeah. because the, I think when I started thinking about this kind of thing, um, was I was going through my own therapy. I was also, mm-hmm. um, uh, I was working at the Isabel Bader Theater at U of T, mm-hmm. and there was a talk on a very like uh, a, a Freudian like a uh, one of these Freudian psychoanalyst i can't remember their name italian fellow that like not a lot of people talk about and one of his big theories and i was just overhearing as we were like yeah they're there working the conference uh as an usher but talked about this idea of the uh the space like the space where you sit down and talk to your and your your analyzer yeah uh, your your therapist as uh as a space that informs you know your health your well-being mm-hmm. um so yeah like i think like that's part of it is like when you're there's something uh, about there is this kind of thing that happens between an audience and, and a performer the the quiet this kind of silent conversation this choreography that as a curator at an event you can see mm. and you, you're yeah. watching which sucks sometimes actually like I'll be very honest it sucks sometimes because you want to enjoy the person that's but, it but or you're, you want to or you yeah. want to kind of you know you like seeing I know we've all done it and maybe we don't notice it but like we look at the audience mm-hmm. and we see someone smiling or we see someone getting something or it making sense to them or for a second they don't notice that their mouth's gone agape and like yeah they're staring at this person like you make you're making sense to me mm-hmm. and like you sometimes miss out on all those things and the performers like eccentricities or, or unique uh mm-hmm. qualities because i keep thinking about it as this like kind of this this space between that happens yeah, and it feels I, very physical it does yeah, it feels yeah, very physical yeah. and and that it doesn't that it doesn't quite hit the physicals i think important yeah too, yeah right mm-hmm. um it's kind of there and then it's gone it's it's exactly what we kind of try to mean by the word ephemeral yeah i was just i was just thinking about the word right. ephemeral when you were saying that um and but you can watch that you can mm-hmm. watch that interaction and watch again wrong word like the minute you use a word for something like this is can, the minute it slips away yeah you can experience um, it i think it's a, it's right a, yeah. yeah and even i still even think that's yeah, such like a, no like it doesn't quite quite hit it but yeah like i know that but it's it's uh it's great to watch and then as a performer it's nice to be aware that like that's even i to know that i don't need to think about that happening that mm-hmm. if i'm doing my role up here it will happen yeah it ought to, it, yeah. you know it ought to happen if everyone's kind of if the audience is open yeah. enough and the space allows for that sound and the space is also ready for that because that's something i talk about as well is like is this space is this room yeah kind of ready for this performance and that doesn't just mean the people in it no Mm because one of the things i think about is like the acoustics of a space like Mm -hmm. i know probably aaron was really weirded out when i read here for a while back i saw us at at the the poor boy was that when you was that the poor boy okay the one for that was where i heard you read oh i can't remember not too long ago it was like maybe on reading What's oh, the, the clock tower pub. Yeah, the inwards. Right, at the clock tower. Because, like, when no one's in the room, the acoustics of this space are completely different. Yeah. But when people enter a room, the acoustics completely change. Yeah. So that means the auditory performance of, well, again, I say these as ought and, like, that they're prescriptive, but they're not. We know. Um, That's a disclaimer on our podcast, I right, think. Right. <laughs> um, it's, like, the way I'm going to read the poem changes. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, because the space has changed. Mm-hmm. be with with bodies and it. it's become warmer it's the acoustics are different and like mm-hmm. so those are things i try to yeah. like be aware of if i can well like as you That's say great. you you often move around on stage or in the space and even into the audience sometimes when you perform how do you like to use that space when you're performing and like you're moving around and how can it be used why is it important why is why is this space so important how are you thinking about it as you're doing it well, like space, uh, God, I feel like everything I say is a dumb cliche um, <laughs> or like, a, oh, uh, anyways, like space informs us, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like a, a letter is a kind of thing that takes up space mm-hmm. and this letter indicates something. So like, that's the way that language informs us because language is physical, but sound is physical. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sound informs us and like this table 
uh, that we're sitting at right now informs us, you know, the the mic, what color it is. Like I'm, re- I did a little bit of work in design, and I do read about mm-hmm. design, and I'm hoping to do uh, more work in like theoretical design, philosophy of design. Uh, hopefully, hope I get to do some more work in that. Um, but that's really Im- important, like to think about space and the dynamics of space, um, how the walls of this of the room we're sitting in or the walls of the room you're performing in like are listening in a way mm-hmm. and that you should you know maybe should be listening to them like something sometimes i say like at events and i don't know if i'm being like really um like harsh when i say this is that like you know a lot of great and horrible things have to, had to happen for us to have this mm-hmm. space um a lot of like courage mm-hmm. had to be here and a lot of fear had to be here for us to have this space and sometimes when I perform, I'm not saying I'm in tune to these things, but I want to try to tune in so that that the poem doesn't upset the space in like a weird way. That's Are interesting. talking about presence? Yeah, it's like, pre- well, what? it's presence and absence, right? <laughs> um, it's that there's something not here, not here that is here. Hmm. And there's something here that's not here. Or like, because there's a sense of the, in which you've got to shoot time through these things. Um, so... Because I do see space as like just a construction of time. Yeah, that's so, really great. Yeah, so it's You're kind of blowing me away here. Sorry, I'm, 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 being, a little, it's, I'm being a little too professional. Don't apologize. It's fantastic. Did you have coffee yet today, Amanda? <laughs> I don't drink coffee every day. Oh wow. Okay. No, I don't need coffee. I have I have <laughs> podcast episodes. <laughs> oh, I have podcast episodes, and I still need coffee. <laughs> I, I was going to make you guys coffee, but I thought, you know, I, I didn't. Uh, we did just have coffee. I figured, I, figured I thought coffee. when you said you were going to brunch, I thought, well, that means that. For you're... sure. But we only had two cups today. Oh, I could. Well, I wish you'd have made more. But you, kidding. you know what Aaron else? Aaron really wants a coffee. He's just not getting like really. <laughs> Aaron's not like a pushy fella. No, he you isn't. Know I, mean? I know. I can really like, I, you know, it's easy for me to say, can we change the date of the podcast to this day? He's really lovely. About Speaking that, of so. being pushy, I stole your last question. And oh, that's I would, fine. I realized that you had it circled as I said it, but I would, I would, prefer, I would ask you if you would not mind doing the next question, Amanda, if you feel right. comfortable with it. It's I, a long I, one. And I'm sorry for for putting this one on you. <laughs> I, I don't mind. It's, it's yeah. Let's see. It's one, two, three, four, five, six lines. Oh here my! Here we go. Here we go. We're ready. Are you ready for six it's lines big, from me? Everybody, uh, okay, are you in. ready? Okay. Uh, yeah, sure. In Guillaume Morissette's review of the 30 Under 30 anthology for the Montreal Review of Books, he said about your poem, Heart Beating Part 2, which I just reread, by the way, and loved, in relation to other poems in the, in the anthology, this constant mental pressure to perform, to be simultaneously a passive audience and an active performer for others, is probably best summed up by a line in Joseph Yanni's piece, Dear Body, I Want to Take the Beating for You. For you, how does the body relate to the act of performing and creating? Is the pain our bodies take on symbolic? Yeah, sure. Okay, that was yeah, the answer. Like, yeah, sure. I think actually, Guillaume, <laughs> like, it was really interesting because I, I yeah. it's not too often that I feel people really understand something about my work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Guillaume kind of, Guillaume, I don't know if Guillaume's ever seen, I don't think Guillaume's ever seen me perform. I don't think Guillaume's ever seen me read. Um so that's something to get from that line something very honest and i think uh uh accurate about myself is that like i am concerned with what it means to be watching and to Mm -hmm. be watched Mm -hmm. um and to relate me to i haven't read too much of uh clara clara's work who we also referred in the same yeah uh, in the same review and but i do think that it was interesting linking me with uh, julie minnell Mm. Uh, because I think Julie is very good at this question, like, mm. what is it to watch and be watched? And how is watching an, a bodily thing? Mm. Um, and that watching isn't just, we use the word watch, but it doesn't just mean seeing. No, that's right. right. Um, yeah. It means feeling, especially in like mm-hmm. that poem, right? Feeling your body and not knowing quite what your body needs. Um, and that, you know, if... It gets, that's the whole point is it gets a little confusing. You lose track of your body. Mm. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. there's this heartbeat that you keep hearing in your body and there's this kind of track. But if you're not really paying attention, you you forget it. Right. Right. I was at a reading where uh, Steve uh, Steve Rogenbuck was reading and uh, I couldn't see Steve because it was packed, obviously. And uh, I was listening from the side and he said something about, uh, it's like such an unpoetic statement, but I guess it is. Um, (laughs) He said... uh, People don't know this, but 
your inside your veins are little muscles that actually push your blood further along that makes and sense push yeah. it back huh. he's like everyone thinks it's just your heart but your whole body is doing a whole bunch of things just so you yeah. can have like a breath Mm-hmm. Your body is doing so much for you. It's like you really think you deserve that beer. <laughs> and I was like, Steve, man, I'm not going to stop drinking beer, man. It's like, but I get it. That is an unpoetic statement right there. Right? No drink beer. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. It is. <laughs> no, but but it, but it was, fine too. But it was crazy. He was just yeah. saying, like, you know, in the <laughs> context of drinking as much as I do, man, like I'm putting my body through yes, a lot of turmoil, and look mm-hmm. what it's been doing for me this whole right. time. Mm-hmm. Just for me to have a beer. Mm-hmm. How much work my liver has to do for me to have yeah. a beer. Right. And it, I think, like, maybe that gets echoed in this poem in a sense. It's like, man, my body's doing so much. And, like, how do mm. I pay? How do I pay? How do you pay it back? How yeah. do I pay it back? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. That's, and that's a performance. Your body is performing for you. And that's it's like, right. how do you applaud for your body? Oh, mm. yeah. No, right? it's important. I think, mm-hmm. I think that's good. That's, yeah. I also think this kind of reminds me a little bit of just talking about the space again between the audience and the performer in the mutual space. Mm. There, is a, there is the passive watching and the active performing but you're also watching in a way as you're performing too so mm. it's uh yeah like keeping track multiple, of your heartbeat is a yeah. kind of watching and yeah. like your body is a kind of is in some is sometimes like a disembodied other yes absolutely um, and even the self that watches that body can be like a disembodied other or it can mm-hmm. be a viewer like you're watching yourself you're paying attention yeah. to yourself Mm. Um, you feel this pain that you can't quite get, you can't put, quite put away. That's it. When you um, ever, sometimes, I, does this ever happen to you where, with, with me, when I get nervous sometimes on stage, I will, well, when I get nervous at all, I will, I will leave my body. I will, I will disassociate and I will float outside of my body and I know what's going on and I know that I can still, no one, no one knows except my yep. husband knows, he notices it, but do you, has that ever happened to you or d- during a, say when you're performing? Uh, there's a sense in which I, I'll say this, I lose track of myself. Yes, you mentioned um, that earlier, actually, too. Yeah. Like, there's a sense in which, and go, coming into the performance space and coming out of that performance space for me is really uh, weird, because I lose track of, like, of mm-hmm. Joe, yeah, yeah, of whatever yeah. I've, like, really attached to when it comes to talking about, like, myself. Um, and, yeah, of course, it's this other thing, but I can't, every time I say it, you know, the other thing, the other thing. <laughs> Like I keep talking about it and really I can't, uh, I can't grasp it. I can only grasp it in and yeah, grasp is the wrong word. Like I can't, it's, mm-hmm. it's there and not there. Um, uh, it's here and not there. It's just, it, it's weird like that. It, I don't know. I, that's all I can say about it is that like, obviously I'm there and people are watching me and but, people can tell me what happened mm-hmm. and you can set up a camera and a recording and tell me I was there. But there's a certain point. It's like, I don't no. remember that. No, it's, um, a word you could use for that, Amanda, is like yeah. depersonalization, where we're yeah. outside of ourselves. And it's a mm-hmm. when people feel a lot of anxiety or stress or pressure, especially um, consistently, yeah, as a way of escaping it, is um, we just dissociate. We dissociate, and um, I think that it's it's um, it's a way to cope, but it's also like like you it's said, hard, yeah. it, it it takes when you're outside of your body like that and you're performing. It takes away. It takes you, away. Yeah. Although yeah. I think you've mentioned me before, sometimes people say that you're performing well. Yeah, I maybe don't... you're acting well or something, but it's 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 disembodied performance. And yeah, it's, it's it's different. I'm not going to say it's a worse because who knows for the the viewer what they're getting out of it and everything. But for for the performer, there is that dissociation that is that is going on at that moment. Yeah, does that ever happen to you? Yeah, every time I go perform, I yeah. I spend about thirty seconds where I convince myself that I am like everything that I say is the truth or something or like I'm just like <laughs> this is like this is what I need to do to feel like I can go and do anything. I can be wow. up there. I just have to convince myself that this is this is yeah this is like I'm ready. I'm good. I'm like hmm. I can say something. I everything what I'm saying is is real and true. Wow. I hype myself up to mm-hmm. to that moment and. That's great. Oh, I don't know if it's great. It's, well, but uh, if it helps you, I mean, if you figured out a strategy to actually help you get out and do it. But right? it, I think what it does is holds back from feeling vulnerable on stage. Oh. Yeah, like I was like kind of as you're saying that, I was just thinking about like, um, like I'm kind of the opposite. Like I don't. Yeah, I don't do that. <laughs> well, no, no, no like yeah. I, I, I'm kind of the opposite in the sense that it's the other side of the coin, right? Like yeah. um, I go onto a stage hoping that I'm open enough to uh like i always feel like the art isn't mine in a sense mm-hmm. right yeah. uh, and that it's ours that like what we're sharing when we're sharing is is yeah. collective right so i hope that my body is open enough and that like my 
that I'm open enough, whatever I am, that it's open enough. That's why I've met, I meditate often mm-hmm. before I perform. Mm-hmm. So to open myself to the room, to open myself to like certain feelings and qualities of the room yeah. and to other people so that when they reach out for me and trying you're, to find something yeah, that I do, there. that I'm open enough for them. Because somebody touching you, like physically touching you can mm-hmm. be really unsettling. Yeah. Um, so if I open myself to that, you know, that disembodied touch. So like for me, it doesn't feel like I'm uh, depersonalizing. As, okay. But depersonalizing could be a way a way of like understanding that or getting around to that is I'm not depersonalizing. I'm, well, if you take the etymology of depersonalizing, there's a way to get around it. It's like I'm of personalizing. Of, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually um, leaving this self in order to connect with a wider self right. or to other selves. That's why mm-hmm. I don't like disagree with what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I just think that there's a different way to understand that. Yeah, no, personalizing. Yeah, and actually, personalizing seems like for me, at least, it seems like for me, like not not being person, yeah. which could be kind of. No, that's why I find it disturbing because what I don't mm-hmm, want right. my I don't want my work to be like I actually I'm trying to reach people and I'm hoping right. that it something resonates for them. So when I when I disappear, mm-hmm. I feel unsettled. But actually, I'm 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 not. Uh, I've forgotten. Sure, when I'm when I'm about to go up, I say I do do something like. I don't mm-hmm. say my words are the truth, but what I say is. You and can, I don't say that. Yeah, yeah, no, either. it's not that. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> yeah. it's like a, a Muhammad Ali moment yeah, or something. We shouldn't be scared of the word no. truth. Oh yeah, you well. know what I mean. Like we shouldn't be scared of it. I know that there's a very big feeling that we should be like scared of the word uh, of a personal truth. No, I'm just, right. I, I, I don't I mean, like to dictate truth. Yeah, that's of course. What, yeah. When I think a better word would be certainty. Yes. Try to yeah. go in with a certainty. Yeah, like you can do this. You, you can, can yeah. It, so. That's a good one, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm the same. I, I say, okay, you can you can be there and you can, even when mics fall out of my hand in right. midair, I can apparently <laughs> catch them. So, uh, Ooh, you know, good. that was the experience I, the other night. <laughs> I think that confidence can yeah. really work. And I think in certain spaces it works better than others. Mm-hmm. I think in, in loud spaces and big spaces where people are expecting a... You know, a lot of things happening that yeah. confidence can really work well where it doesn't necessarily work well if you want a more intimate experience yeah. because then it can be harder as you're having that confidence to be with the people oh, man, that's a, yeah i think that's a really good point i love when there's a big room i know we've we've all probably seen this once or twice yeah. there's a huge room mm. and there's a really quiet poet mm. and the room goes almost yeah dead silent it's and nice. this poet you can really hear them yeah and you could really like Oh, it's like, it's so cool. You feel poem shiver, right? You feel that shiver. Mm -hmm. It feels like it's so ours, that moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It feels like it's so ours. It feels like, oh God, it's going to sound so stupid. It sounds like, it feels like a seance for like, somebody (laughs) referred to like, Anne Carson's work as a seance for realism. And like, I don't (laughs) think I felt that, like, obviously I feel that in her work. That's a really good way to talk about her work. But, I love that, right. actually. Wow. <laughs> I can't remember who said it. Seems like an interesting guy. I gotta go read some stuff by them. Um, <laughs> but that's what I feel when I feel like a really quiet reader who couldn't do some of the stuff I do because I can be very loud and mm-hmm. like abrasive and, and, <laughs> and, and you know, rambunctious. But I love a quiet reader who silences everyone in the room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think of a recent reading, um, well, a few of them actually, but a um, dear friend, Sandra Ridley, and I listened to her uh, read uh, the Griffin Poetry Prize shortlist. And uh, mm-hmm. well, I know that she does this in this in the, in the her book, uh, Sylvia, latest book, there's a part mm-hmm. where when she performs it, she, she actually, she whispers at one point mm-hmm. and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And also Caroline Bergweil was here from, um, uh, for Verse Fest and she does, she has a performance where she does that too. And I love that. It's great. Th- I think there's a difference between mm-hmm. that that quietness that you can yeah. have and doing that with sort of where you know you feel like you know what you're doing or you feel confident or you feel like you yeah. have the guts to do what needs to be done mm-hmm. and there's a difference between that and the nervousness people sometimes feel have in the quiet performers. Yeah, that's a, that, ner- that's a different. That's a different. That nervousness, yeah. the quiet performers. I don't think the whole room is is standing on like a, a you're here pinned no, on we're more attention. But rooting for them and hoping yes, they're okay. But with someone like Sandra, as you're talking, who has that control, yeah, we ever yeah. want to call maybe it's not control. I don't know, but has that or ability to or whatever it is to have that range the quietness when you have that ability to you know get into the quietness to call it up yeah Yeah, yeah. you're right that's when it can be uh, we'll say transformative it's that's when it can be that's what i mean it's like even a quiet reader in a big space can tune in yes to the quietness of that space it's like somehow they brought back when that room was empty Mm -hmm. and i fucking love that i love that too right you know maybe maybe i'm the opposite right i like to bring back when the the other times the room was loud yeah right um but i think like that's what i love about art and if you're open to art is that 
you can be that quiet person that you'll never be and you can be Mm -hmm. that loud person you never be like why do quiet people like punk like really quiet people who <laughs> that talk to you who like punk sure, or who yeah. like noise or who like yeah. noise rock and things like that and mm-hmm. that's what art allows you to do it allows you to resonate with us resonate in your own space with another time, that's it and right? and i mean for your own work i mean i i haven't i've only um i've only um, heard you perform once here in ottawa so i haven't had the uh, luxury of hearing you yet mm-hmm. in other places but hopefully i will mm-hmm. but um do you find that the work the type the actual work make depend changes how you perform it like the type of uh i can't remember i think it was maybe like rick i think it was rick meyer he's a he works at penguin penguin random house i believe uh, who i've met through readings and whatnot yeah uh he said he's like joe you feel like some uh, it comes off to me that you probably write like a ton of stuff that you don't send out and i was like yeah right right? like i don't like uh, or that i don't put out or that i don't perform Um, sometimes pieces are one-offs like I'm going to perform this piece and I'm probably going to lose it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some pieces I don't perform. Um, I have some like more concrete or visual work. Yeah, published. I've seen some erasure, erasure, erasure poems. I yeah. Think. And like, those, I haven't told my words today. But. Nah, it's okay. Don't worry. <laughs> words are only so good for some That's long. true. <laughs> um, and, you know, like those, like I had a really, I published something in the Hard House Review. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was kind of like, Really, it was really great. I was really happy with the piece, and uh, I was actually published beside uh, who I'd like to call a, a really great friend right now, uh, Stephen Beckley, who's a wonderful photographer. People mm-hmm. go check out Stephen Beckley. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure you know he doesn't need me to support him in that way, but please go check out Stephen Beckley. Um, and uh, I did this piece called Holding, where literally it's it, I guess it's a conceptual piece. It's like <laughs> just synonyms. It's synonyms for the word holding. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they asked me to read. And I was like, how, how are you going to read? How are you going to read this dumb yeah. poem? <laughs> like, and then I'm like, okay, well, I got to think about it differently. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I wrote all the synonyms down on cue cards mm-hmm. and asked the organizers to give those cue cards out to the crowd. And then I could get them all out. So I was like, guys, I have like 10 cue cards off. So you need to like take these cue cards. Thank you. And some people like kind of like kids in a church like ran up. To get the cue cards and like well, that's we, sweet right it was kind of funny it was like yeah. i had a really good time to do it and it was yeah. a beautiful massive room uh <laughs> in the heart in the heart house at u of t yeah and um and what ended up happening was all i did was said on the count of three read your cue card nice yeah right yeah and, yeah. and then i was like cool thank you a uh, bill bissett type uh, performance yeah well so. bill's a big like yeah, i yeah. hope i he get does. to give bill a hug one day oh yeah like, bill's a big influence on he's me. great yeah I, I was gonna ask dude. you about that that's good that, yeah that, so speaking of what you just talked about bleeds nicely into this next question. I've se- often seen you crowdsource poem lines on social media or even in person before performing. Can you talk about why you decided to start this experiment and where it has led you? And can you tell Amanda what crowdsourcing a, a yeah. poem lines can means? Can you also tell Amanda what crowdsourcing <laughs> yeah, means? Really. Oh man, this is so, oh man, I, I didn't, you said, I didn't really read these questions. <laughs> oh man, I should have thought about that. It would have been a nice little opportunity. Should have done one. And then we could have performed, I could have performed it you for should you have. Uh, right. Well, you'll have to come back. So oh, you can, you'll have guess, to return. Yeah, that would be cool. So basically, uh, to kind of like let you know, Amanda, it's so basically yeah. what I'll do before I start a set. Okay. Is I'll put out a call on Facebook about an hour before. Right. And I'll be like, okay guys, I have to perform some poems. So give me a line. Oh yeah. I've se- I think I've seen that actually. Now that right. I, think, I, just I, think you've, I think you've like I've said given something you, once before. Yeah. I've yeah. given you line maybe um, a line and it's yeah. and it's it's I've always i've done that too yeah it's right? fun yeah. it's fun um and like i really enjoy it because it lets the people who couldn't be there mm-hmm. or, participate know, participate yeah. i've seen really interesting ways that we're that we're really accommodating for those things now mm-hmm. um for people not being able to hold space with us mm. yeah and, like live streams and things like right that. and i yeah. really think that there's something to that there's something to the ethics of like the technology that yeah. we need to still consider yeah um and the uh, economics behind technologies like mm-hmm. that but uh, i still think it's great that we can that we can do that i re- i recently did um uh, I, I didn't do anything i just listened in i did a, on a tiny chat there was a reading and tiny chat it's That's like cool. a it's like a sort of like a skype okay you, that you could do through your phone i think you can do skype through your phone too though yeah you can. and okay. i i got to be in on this reading hmm. with all these people these different young poets from the united states fun, fun and then they all performed the features performed and then they're like you know what we're here why does anyone else want to share anything wow so immediately this space was reformed mm-hmm. like it it 
started it was very you know something very anarchistic about it and like whatever <laughs> like but i i loved it because it was so so much about choice but so much free like there was so much freedom that yeah. there was so much openness to the choice right and uh i think it what i do with the crowdsourcing poem is sort of what it is with you know the question about kai that you asked earlier right like it's a way of letting the other be here with me mm-hmm. and to be accepting of that and to let my body be a conduit because there's sometimes where I've said things that people have said and, uh, you know, maybe I wouldn't be so comfortable saying that. Right. But some people, like I remember somebody, oh God, Elizabeth, you crazy person. <laughs> Elizabeth wrote like the story of her getting her first period. Yeah. In one of the like things. And I was like, okay. Because I'm not, because I don't look at them beforehand. No, so I read them as they're there. It says spontaneous so, you know, for so you too. So I talked about getting. I, Joe got to talk about yeah. getting Elizabeth's first period. Excellent. And you know what? And she was, you know, uh, great. But she was open enough. She mm-hmm. knew I was going to read it. She was mm-hmm. giving it to me and letting me read it. Like, you know, I see that. Be like, oh, thank you. You let me have that story. Yeah. Um, and that's what reading is. Reading and you know, getting somebody's art is like that. You're you get to kind of embody that story for a little bit. Yeah, that sounds lovely. I yeah. like that. Like, yeah. It's but been yeah. fun. It's just a way of, it's a way of me bringing others. Mm-hmm. I guess I just feel really like, don't feel that self-important. I'm like, how do I bring the other here? Right. right. So you kind of answered what you get out of it, but what do you think the audiences get out of it? And I say audiences because the people you're crowdsourcing from are also kind of audience participating in the performance and also Ooh. the people you're performing to. What do you think the audience is getting out of it? I think the audience, like, I don't want to like I don't want to speak for any of them. Of course. But I think what it opens up is the opportunity for them to participate without getting on the stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the opportunity to share something uh, through somebody else rather than being the one who has to share. Because some people don't want to share, but they mm-hmm. want to. Yeah. You know, so maybe that's the first step. I liked that line that I re- I wrote that came out of Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe I could do it. Right. Um, and it's respectful too. If you, I hope, because, I hope yeah, you're not like respectful. going up there and making fun of their lines or something like sometimes that. Sometimes, well, maybe you are. Maybe they like. I don't know. No, no, no I'm not. I didn't think you were. It's really funny because sometimes people write lines. Yeah. And then uh, I laugh at the line they wrote. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. Like on Facebook, people just like to make jokes. Have yeah. Fun, or make you want to say stupid things. Yeah. Right. They're like, ah, this would be so fun. I think that was Elizabeth's point. It's like, let me tell. Let me make Joe mm-hmm. talk about. Uh, but because I read it, it was like my period. Yeah. Right. So it was yeah. like, what? Right. Um, so it was, uh, it, it's always weird. Like I was in New York. I did this in New York recently. Uh-huh. And uh, one of my buddies was, wrote, oh, he would write this. Uh, his name is uh, Cameron McDonald. And he wrote, I've seen the greatest minds of oh, my yeah. generation, <laughs> like get hashtag lit. Oh. And I was like, oh, this is Do so I have to read this? And the whole room died of laughter. Yeah. Like, they died of laughter. And I, and what was great is I got to go back and say, Cameron, they love that line. Yeah, that's And nice. he was like, oh, and he kind of felt like, he felt like he did it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you were just a conduit. And you... I can be a conduit. And, yeah. like, there's something, there's something nice about that. Mm-hmm. that nice, what a word. I had I a teacher know. who told me never to use the word nice. It was the dumbest word ever. I had a jar. One year I had a jar. A nice like, jar? A, a nice jar <laughs> that I, I was supposed to put money in every time. Like, a, like I was a, you said a, the word nice. And, and I, I had to stop. Like I was going to donate to charity. But by by the end of January, I had to stop because I couldn't afford all my nice nice word use. So, But I did donate the jar. So that's that was great. good. Yeah. Go. yeah, That's a nice donation. <laughs> it wasn't. Oh, God. I feel really sick. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of, you answered that what the audience that your crowd is from is getting from it but what are the audience that in that you're delivering the line to what do you think they're getting anything extra or anything what are they getting out of you channeling this other person and bringing them to that space that's a good question um that's why i keep following up with it <laughs> you're like in a scrum now <laughs> tell us about how you're spending the budget that's what we want to <laughs> know how you're spending the budget oh, um what do they get you know i'll th- you know, I'll kind of think about it in the moment right now. Um, mm-hmm. I think that it says there's other people. Um, it says that there, you know, we're not just this room isn't just uh, a closed off space. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, we might all be in here together in this closed off moment, but you know, everyone came from their different lives. So you said earlier about the poetry community, the poetry scene. It's just a part of. Yeah, it's a it's part a of a larger thing. community. Rather and, like, than a boundary yeah right yeah like of course there's a boundary yeah you can't but there's something interesting about the word uh bound mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. bound means to tie right but it also means to like get out mm-hmm. to bound from you know not to quote kanye west long <laughs> but you know you're bound to falling in love but you're bound to your love 
So like there's nothing wrong with boundaries. It's how we traverse those boundaries, transform those boundaries, work with recognize them, recognize them and open right? them up and, and open them up. Yeah, which right? is what that does. And uh, that's the hope is that they realize that like, yeah, there's some poets that aren't here right now. Mm -hmm. And so I've said that to people. Sometimes. And they are like, here right now, too, at the same time. Sorry. And now they are here, too. Right. And it's yeah. like just saying that, like, um, I don't know, maybe it's like a, a dumb Batman line. It's like, I'm not the poet you, you know, want. I'm the poet you need uh, or something. I can't remember what the dumb line is. It's like, I'm not. Like, I think there I think there are some amazing poets who don't have the opportunities I have. And sometimes I can bring them, bring them, and I'm not, I also don't want to say that, like, my bringing them into the space is giving them that. But I was like, oh, I actually did, used to do things where I would actually invite a friend to do my first poem. Mm. Mm. Um, I did a piece, I did a performance for words on stages where I actually asked my friend Jordan Lafreniere and JC uh, Bouchard to do, uh, to do parts in my set hmm. because they were two people yeah. who really informed me and who are good friends of mine and do great things. Um, so in a way it's like, it's inviting those others in your life, mm -hmm. uh, those others that are around your life mm -hmm. into that space. And th I guess maybe that's what I'm trying to say is that like, this is not a closed space. This does not exist in yeah. some like non-temporal, atemporal, outsideness. Like we are so couched in those things. We want it not to, but it we, often. Yeah, and sometimes we, yeah, sometimes yeah. we need it not to. Yeah, sometimes yeah. we need to, to yeah. depersonalize. Sometimes yeah. we need to leave our space, right? Sometimes we need to lose ourselves, but that doesn't mean we don't come back. Yeah. Right? I was thinking too about uh, the idea of reading someone else's words. Um, it can also change your the way it might. I don't know. It would with it does with me, but changes just the the content changes might change the way you're reading it, or and, and show people a different different aspect of your performance. That's a, it could be. I don't know. I don't know if this is this is relatable to the question you're saying or like the statement you're making. Yeah, but I, I had someone <laughs> um, I had someone read a poem of mine, mm -hmm. um, and I've been a, like a bigger dude my whole life. I've only recently lost like a lot of weight. Yeah, and uh, I have these horrible stretch marks like all over my body. Yeah, um, and I remember writing a poem uh, that has to do with like all these stretch marks mm -hmm. that like uh, a love at the time had made me feel like I never I I didn't have them or they didn't matter. Yeah. And somebody read the poem and thought I was talking of I had like was pers uh, was taking on the persona of like a woman or a oh pregnant yeah woman. I for was like, pregnancy oh that's so that's neat hilarious. yeah well, I'm like yeah like I can completely see that reading yeah. but like I don't that's not it's not what I was thinking but so I always good. love yeah. I always love how people um I'm more interested in how someone interprets my work mm -hmm. than what I ever meant by it yeah no same yeah um so Absolutely. I don't know if that touches what you're saying but yeah like yeah. there's something about the way I will perform a word or say a word it's that's different. different than somebody else yeah. who can uh, construe things differently. Like, you know, when you hear a scream in one tone or another, mm -hmm. it's the difference between you believing it. <laughs> it's scary. That's a scary thing to think about. Um, somebody mm -hmm. could be saying something very honest and true to self, but if it's not in the right tone, it's not. The, it seems yeah. to some people, yeah, dishonest, disingenuous, not right. Yeah. So. That's a scary world we kind of live in. It's beautiful because that means we have death so much difference. Yeah, but it can cause judgments sometimes that are not really part of necessarily an intent. You know, like it might. Right. It's yeah. it's uh, like it well, riffs. like well, like languages where people think that someone speaking, say Cantonese, is because they don't know they don't they don't know the language. They don't know it's a toned language, and mm. then they hear a tone that sounds to to say an English ear to be loud or strident, and might not be that. No, my house is completely different representation um, yeah right, taking I, the wrong way yeah well I, I don't want to like narrativize like my experience but like I grew yeah. up I, I learned yeah. language or English yeah while being raised primarily you know no offense to my parents primarily by my grandparents who spoke broken English they're yeah. Italian immigrants yeah um and my experience of language was always broken and frustrated okay. and I really dislike my I don't want to say that actually <laughs> I, I don't want to it's just like some people will say things like oh why can't they just learn English oh yeah yeah. right and uh, and, and uh. I hear that from people in in communities that I'm a part of like the like sometimes in the Italian community mm -hmm. about other people oh I've heard and, it from my British my English parents yes right uh. and, I, and I look at them and I go excuse me yeah like do you remember our grandfather yeah. do you remember your grandfather who do you, like are you for real right now yeah I'm like, 
he they that person you're talking about who's having a hard time with english speaks mm-hmm. two languages so shut the fuck up exactly right yeah um i don't speak two languages i speak english that's it i'm i'm like, i'm dumb as shit i wish i could speak other mm-hmm. languages um but yeah there's something about there's something there's a solace i have in reading somebody else's work that i get to speak their grammar exactly yeah that's what i was that's what i'm trying to get yes it's our roundabout way but we got there (laughs) sometimes you need to go out right that's right come out to go back in exactly but i I felt what you were talking about yeah Yeah. well why don't we finish off with a little bit of a lighter question or maybe it'll be darker i don't know so what's it like being a young poet in a big city like toronto in 2017 (laughs) Are there particular? Oh no, I'm trying. Don't worry, I, I meant that entirely. Are there particular challenges, and are they unique to poets, or do you think they apply to all creative artists? This seems like a question we need alcohol for. We don't have time. <laughs> seems like another dad question, Aaron. Okay. Something a dad weekend. <laughs> it's Has been it really? a dad weekend. It's been such a dad. Me and Aaron have been making dad jokes, or at least Joe's been making a lot of dad jokes. There, really? Been at me. <laughs> I laughed at a few of them. Yeah, some of them are pretty good. Yeah, they're yeah, pretty I mean, like ten percent good. Ten percent. That's okay. pretty good. That's Think high. That's, That's high. It's higher um, than a lot so of my jokes. A lot of jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We had about, you know, a hundred good ones after the thousand went through. <laughs> yeah. Right. We got a hundred good ones now. And yeah. where's the manuscript? Where is it? Oh okay. my god. Long forgotten. We were joking long forgotten. We were joking about doing like poetry as one liners. Yes. Uh, which like I think already comedians do very well, so maybe I shouldn't even enter that field. Um I don't know, like Toronto's a big city. A lot of the poetry scene is really located downtown. And yeah. like I and and I'm just like, yeah, you know, I make the joke all the time that like real poets live north of Bloor. And then I've heard that a few times lately. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, real poets live north of Bloor. <laughs> and uh, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean shit. It's something stupid I say. Yeah. Um, but it's really funny because I've seen people react like, oh, I live I live at Dufferin and uh, the Lansdowne. That's north of Bloor. So oh, that's what the one of the performers at Cantheus was like. Real, yeah, yeah, I live exactly. in real Toronto. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Blur or that's right. Uh, yeah, I don't uh, know what that means. Yeah. What does that mean? Who said this? Was it uh, Emily, Emily Sanford? Sanford yeah. yeah, I don't know who they are, but they sound fun to me. Yeah, well, you'll have to you'll have to meet her in in oh, Toronto. Oh my god, that's north cool. of Blur. North of Blur. We'll have like a coffee like near you know Bathurst, but north of Blur. I grew up in Etobicoke, Mississauga. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Well, I grew up just I I yeah. live north of Etogo. There you go. Yeah. I live like between Steeles and Islington and Western and Real poets. Here we are. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> like, it's stupid. It, it's just a stupid line. We're it's north like, of Blur here too. Yeah. Just yeah. We're What's right? We're north of Blur here. There's yeah. a Blur here? There's a, well, well, no, but we're, we're north, north of Toronto. Oh. Yeah, yeah. oh, I see. I thought maybe we had in the street name. Well, we might we have might. We might. You guys we have might a, be north of it. You guys have a queen. We all have a queen We just We walked down Bay last night. Oh, that's true. We did walk down the Bay last night. Yeah. Locked down Bay Street. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, like I don't know. Like in any environment, you have your pro- uh, you have good things and bad things. Like being in Toronto, it's a super big city, lots of diversity, lots of events going on. Um, you can really get your eyes on a lot of things. You can really, I, I have a lot of opportunities in Toronto, mm. uh, and I'm lucky because like that's home to me. Mm-hmm. That's where I was kind of. I grew up, and I was always so like. It just seems like home, um, but. Uh, you know, every I really like, you know, I came here to Ottawa just to get away for a bit. And like, I really like mm-hmm. just being wherever. Like, I don't know. Every space has its problems and its solutions. Right. So I don't know. I did, like, yeah, I think I think Toronto can be like really scary for young poets. Um, mm-hmm. Like there's ones younger than me that are kind of like and it, it can be really fragmented because there are like a lot of silos of different poetry. Silos. That's a good word. Well, it was actually yeah. used by by members of those silos well like i was at the toronto poetry talks and, oh, okay uh somebody said you know is this siloing of communities a good thing mm. that was one of the questions and i was like what and listening to that question from very diverse uh th- thoughts on it was really great because it was like well we feel like this might this may be a problem of toronto right maybe a problem very local to like our city how big it is and they're like, not everybody can come downtown. No, no, that's right. right. Like, I, I think this is a, actually, actually a problem worth thinking about is like, hey, can we make poetry communities happen in other parts of the cities? And you see the slam community has been successful at this. The yeah. slam community has been. And I think there's something that uh, poetry communities that are very literary, uh, even mm-hmm. if they don't think of themselves as literary, I think mm-hmm. they can be honest with themselves, uh, can go out to these slams. And even if they don't like the work, even if they find the work, whatever. 
Yeah. Because there is this idea, right? It's yeah. A, if we're, if people are willing to be honest about it, learn from the way they organize. Yeah, absolutely. Like I've I've been saying, I've said this to Aaron, I've said this to us. Yeah. You know what poetry needs? A good marketing team. <laughs> like, how do, like, if every reading is about pushing your book or pushing the the next person who's gonna like get read if like every reading like a lot of the readings you gotta go to you gotta buy something yeah no right then like how are we really inviting and creating a community where people can come in and feel like they don't have to like i personally don't like going to an event where i feel like kind of like i have to buy someone's book or i have to buy yeah and like i really we, we were in a bar for facilitate so like I would love to move out of that space and to continue to be successful with people like to drink too. Yeah, some of the, the spoken word um, organizations here even sometimes will have like an all ages event mm -hmm. and like have it early, like say 5.30 or something like that. They'll have, might have a workshop or something. Right, and have yeah, been I've seen that. I've seen working that much harder at say trying to access, like trying to, to um, reach out to young people too, like mm -hmm. even high school students and stuff. So I like things like that. Yeah, I, that's part of what I was talking about when I talked about having a closed sort of yeah. cliquey sort of feel to it. That's one of the things that is, I think, an issue. I think the only thing is that whenever we get to, we want to have it at different in different locations with, with yeah. uh, different times, yeah. the different uh, spaces. You have to, you have to remember that there's only so many people oh, who are interested. Who can... And every time we make those decisions, we have to think about who are how who are we now? Yeah. We used to be included is no longer included based on don't people don't have to be included all the time. <laughs> they don't. They it's serious. I mean that. Like I don't have to speak all the time. I don't. Sometimes the best language you have is silence. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's, and like that, like that was something I learned at the Toronto Poetry Talks is that like, yeah, sometimes these silos are really good so that people can develop their thought and how their community, whatever they see as their community thinks about that. Yeah. So that when we finally do this, we kind of intersect, mm. then we can really have a good discussion mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. the thoughts have had time to grow and gestate and, and kind of, become solidified in a way mm. right like it's hard to um yeah like it's okay sometimes for us not to be there it's okay for uh mm. there's time for it all mm -hmm. um like it's okay that like there is a specific spot it's mm -hmm. more than okay that there's a specific spot for you know uh, cert a particular group to voice their opinions and concerns Mm -hmm. And then we can go have an event where we intersect those voices and concerns. Mm -hmm. we, there's space for that and there's space for that. They don't have to necessarily uh, contradict contradict one another in importance or purpose. Mm. Space, 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 space. What do you think, Amanda? I think that I think that that was. Take the microscope off now, or what? I'm satisfied. How about you? That's good. That's a good feeling. Yes. All right. All right, Joe, anything? Final words? Nothing. You want to do your poem? You want to do alphabet? No, I don't want to do the alphabet poem. That's guys. Like, do that too often. I don't, not, nah, I don't feel like it. All right. Well, thanks for coming. <laughs> Hope everyone enjoyed this. Uh, thanks for visiting, Joe. No, well, thanks for letting me be on. This has been a good visit. All right. We'll, thanks, everyone, for we'll, listening. Yeah, and we'll talk to you all later. Bye now. Bye. Small Machine Talks with Amanda Earl and A.M. Kozak.